Hello and welcome to Digital Free Thought Radio Hour on WOZO Radio 103.9 LP FM right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today is Sunday, March 1st, 2020. And if it's not where you're listening to, then you're listening to a brief broadcast of the show and should not be trying to call in. Wombat can't be with us today, but we have with us guests uh, Chad the Impaler, Hello. Boudreaux, Dread Pirate Hicks, uh-huh. and yours truly, Doubter Five. Um, did I leave anyone out? Guess not. Everybody say hi. Hello. Oh, hey there. There they are. Uh, Digital Free Thought Radio Hour is a call-in talk radio show about atheism, free thought, rational thought, humanism, and the sciences. And conversely, we also talk about religion, religious faiths, gods, holy books, and superstition. And if you get the feeling that you're the only non-believer in Knoxville, why are you just not? There are several atheist, free-thinking, and rationalist groups that exist right here in Knoxville, and we'll be telling you how you can connect with them right after the mid-show break. And in spite of what Steve Martin would have you think, there are several atheist songs out there, lots, actually, and you'll be hearing some of them right here on this program and generally on this station as they're in rotation. And today we're going to start off with a little bit about how we use approaches when talking to either family members or other believers or non-believers. Uh, basically, how do atheists uh, present themselves to uh, theists when the topic comes up? Um, Chad, you want to get us started on that? I mean, what approach do you prefer? If you're talking to somebody basically on the street or at a desk, uh, do you start off with like street epistemology or just argumentation or claims or what? Well, I remember one time I was in um, a park downtown Lexington, Kentucky, and skateboard again with the skateboarding. Sorry, everybody. Um, skateboarding downtown uh-huh. and was approached by some Jehovah's Witnesses, and they were talking to me, you know, telling me that I asking me first of all if I had heard about Jesus Christ and all of this other stuff. And really, uh, at that time, I was professing to be a Buddhist because I was just doing Buddhism at the time. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I remember them being shocked that, first of all, some some white guy in Kentucky was professing to be a Buddhist. And that may yeah. have seemed a bit strange Yeah, uh, 20-something years ago. But um, just letting them know that I wasn't a Christian... Yep, may have been the main shock. Right, right. yeah, and mm-hmm. and I've noticed that I I get less of a shock when I tell people that I have some religion than when I tell them I have no religion. Yeah, uh, well, they're used to that. Right, right. Yeah, and so approach as of late has just been a rip-the-band-aid-off approach. When uh-huh. people ask me, I know I've gone to... I've gone to a hospital that is like Central Baptist Hospital or whatever. Uh, I've been to a couple, and and when I'm signing in uh, for just your standard doctor's appointment, they've asked me, well, what religion are you? And I tell them I have no religion. And the look on people's faces is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can tell that immediately their training kicks in. They, they they have this look of, uh-oh, uh, what am I supposed to say now? And, uh-huh. and then uh, they, they rattle off what sounds very, uh, very canned. Script- and, and Scripted. Yeah, it gets pretty uncomfortable for them, not me. I 
I love to watch people in uncomfortable situations. It's it's kind of fun for me to drop it on them. I almost look for the opportunity and uh, let people know as often as I can. So, well, what about at work? Are you out at work or your family? You're out totally. I'm I'm out with people at some people at work. Only people that have asked me. I've gotten some pretty interesting responses when Mm -hmm. uh, a friend of mine. Well, he's he's a friend now, a a co-worker, uh, asked me if he could tell a Catholic joke. And I told him, no, it doesn't bother me at all. Please tell a Catholic joke. Mm -hmm. And so he told, he was, he is Catholic, told a Catholic joke. And um, so I'm glad that didn't offend you. You know, it can be kind of tricky navigating around all this religious stuff sometimes. And I said, you're not, you know, you're you're not telling me anything I don't know. (laughs) And he said, what do you mean? And I told him, well, I'm. I'm an atheist. And he acted, he, he stammered and stumbled around, kind of like what I'm doing right now. But mm-hmm. uh, he was pretty shocked. And after a good hour-long conversation about wow. that, uh, he said, I'm, I'm, I was shocked to find out you were an atheist. You're such a nice guy. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Um, what about everybody else? Have you ever heard that? You're an atheist, but you're, you're such a nice guy? I got I got that from uh, from my neighbor recently, and, and the one thing I have noticed is that this is more common when you get to know someone for a while before they find out. Um, finding out right away, I think, doesn't have the same effect. But but you know, I've known my neighbor for several years, and I got kind of outed in the neighborhood because I was hanging with a couple of uh, the neighbor neighbors, and and it came up in conversation, and I just dropped it on them. And yeah. uh, then, then they kind of spread it around the neighborhood, which is fine by me, actually. I'm kind of glad. But, yeah. um, you know, they, they know they, that our cars sit in the driveway on Sundays. So, um, But my neighbor came up to me, and he's, he's actually a pastor and um, has his own church or is just very involved with it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he, uh, he, like, he came up to me. He's like, oh, yeah, I heard, uh, I heard you're an atheist. He's like, he's like, you're really nice, nice guy. <laughs> yeah, Fuck. yeah. Um, that was Boudreaux, right? Yeah, because yeah. uh, yeah. we're we're not visual or anything, so we might have to introduce ourselves <laughs> yeah. as we yeah. speak. Uh, Dread Pirate, you ever get that line? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> and uh, the other line is, uh, "Oh, you guys are the ones that hate God, right?" Right. Right. <laughs> which is not not the case which is not yeah of course yeah. Um, and, strange... and my response is well um i just don't believe there's enough evidence to support that there is a god so right um and that leaves them scratching their heads but the bible yeah not evidence sorry yeah, yeah. we hate exactly. god as much as we hate smurfs right <laughs> there you go i'm a smurfist mm-hmm. right Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, sort of from my perspective, because I do, um, I'm out as a pastafarian, that uh, it is an opportunity to sort of draw attention to this, you know, the objective strangeness of other people's beliefs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, you believe in what? The flying sp- That's That's absurd. Yeah. Uh, well, talking to snakes isn't, or, yeah. you know, like, you know, it just draws attention. Well, anybody to that. can talk to a snake. It's just when they talk back. <laughs> correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. When you start taking the advice of serpents, there, there you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Or the judgment. Um, 
Yeah, I, the first person I actually told after I came out of uh, the atheist closet, it was a, a person I'd been dancing with, and they'd known me for years. And uh, she, she, it was one of those things where she finally got around and saying, well, you, you ever thought about going to church with me? Yeah, you could come to my church this Sunday if you want to. And I said, no, that wouldn't work out very well for me. <laughs> and she says, well, why not? Because she was uh, really perplexed why somebody would say that. And I said, well, I'm an atheist. She said, oh, no, you're not. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the sweetest little southern yeah. accent you ever heard. And I said, yes, I am. She said, no, no you're not. And I said, why not? She says, you're too nice. And <laughs> okay, all right, well, we can be nice too. Generally speaking, I've noticed where atheists are more often nicer people in general. I, I say that not even anecdotally, well, but well, maybe. Yeah. That's the yeah, impression I get it. For our own actions. Yeah. Yeah. No one's forgiving us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. We we have if you've ever been, if you've ever <laughs> been to a, like a conference uh, centered around secularism, free thought, which Ty could probably corroborate this um, with the event that he's at right now, but just all of the events I've been to, it's amazing the camaraderie. And I, I suppose you get that whenever you're in a group of like people, but I just find it's just outstanding how overly nice people are how they share and they, they you know are polite and pleasant and, and just thinking about i don't know uh going to just a non just going to like a, a state fair or something like that you don't see that behavior at all and you're probably surrounded mostly by religious people yeah yeah it's something well, I it's, be it's because no one's watching from above to you know sort of yeah, watch your behavior, making sure you're you're being nice and that you're going to get Christmas presents. Right. Yeah. Yep. I'm trying like heck to jump in because um, I, I don't want the group to think that I'm all the way out. I'm not. I'm far uh, more out with coworkers and strangers than I am with my family. Uh, really? I, my mother has no clue, although I have no idea why she cannot pick up what I'm putting down. She has no clue at all, but she, and I don't she just she does. Uh, and you not tried to keep it secret or anything? I will not keep it secret if she asks me about it. I will yeah. not volunteer the information for. I've got a couple of reasons, and they are probably not very good reasons. My father passed away five years ago, Father's Day, and my mother is a mess and has been since, um, and. I'm not so sure she ever really had strong faith, but we grew up in poverty. And, you know, as a friend of mine says, ministers are hope salesmen. Uh, so uh -huh. we went to church a lot when we were really broke. And then as my, our family's finances improved a bit, we went to church less and less often. We moved, we moved uh, a farther distance from the church. So it wasn't as convenient. Uh, we tried to go to another church, which yeah, that didn't work out. So my mother may or may not be more religious than she was, but for some reason, she I feel like she really needs to believe that there is a place that my father's gone to where she'll yeah, see that him she'll again. be with him again. Right. So yeah. do I here's here's my inner conflict. Do I talk to her about this and let her know how I feel? 
uh, bringing up questions about her own faith, perhaps, or making her concerned about my welfare uh, in, in now while she's weak? Or do I just let her to continue to be delusioned uh, and just not say a word? But if she asks me outright, I will not lie to her. Right. So I don't no, know what uh, to do. You know, I feel like I'm uh, living in the closet with my family. Right. I'm not the person to ask. Maybe uh, the others can a answer. But in the 30 years that I was in the closet, it was mainly because my mother, uh, she she ended up dying in 2000, which is when I came out uh, because I could never tell her. I didn't want it to get back to her either. But, um, yeah, I did. She was 74 when she died, and I, you know, I didn't want to take her hope away for an afterlife. And she was a very religious uh, person, as opposed to your mother. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, she lived for her faith. Matter of fact, in a nursing home, in from her room, she ran a ministry in a prison ministry. <laughs> uh, so that's how religious she was. Wow. I wasn't going there. What about, uh, the others, uh, Dredd, Eric? Um, I didn't, uh, my family was not really religious. I was probably, uh, you know, when I was young, we, we you know, did catechism, went to Sunday school, uh, raised Roman Catholic, but um, that f sort of fell off in our teenage years um, until I sort of went back to it. Like I, I had mentioned on a previous show, uh, I had started training as a, a Catholic priest until uh, I decided that was not the thing for me. Yeah. Yeah, I was raised Catholic. Uh, my mom, uh, she's from Canada, um, and she's 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 pretty religious when we were growing up, or at least more. Uh, it was more important to her, you know. Church most Sundays. We did um, other activities. It kind of slowly started to wane, and then eventually, my dad told us the truth that he was an atheist. Um, oh wow. Yeah, and then it, it made it a little easier uh, for me to kind of look into it. So, like, oh, you know, that seems cool. Let me look into that. And, I, you know, yeah. then I, I, I started, you know. Uh, it was but, just the but, fact that you could sleep in on Sunday. That was the main thing, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, and I, I just, I never, I never enjoyed church. I mean, most kids are probably the same way. But I also really loathe the taste of those little little crackers. Mm. Uh, and, and uh in fact, it, was, it was bad enough to where I would I would take the communion, um, uh, but I wouldn't swallow it. <laughs> oh, wow. I'd, I'd spit it out in a napkin and throw it away, and I, I just just I was embarrassed that I didn't like it. I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, my, I think my mom probably knew early on, but uh, at one point, I forget. Uh, I, I openly told her. And she tried to challenge me on it a little bit. And there's for a couple of years, there was a bit of a, man, can't be serious. Come on. Like, don't, you know, don't follow your father on this. And <laughs> uh, then eventually she just kind of gave up. And, and uh, uh, so. Well, no, I agree. Uh, it's, it's, I would think that given a chance as a child, you know, to uh, follow uh, all the stuff that they're trying to push on you in church, versus being able to opt out of it. I would have opted out at an early age. But um, I didn't know there was an option to opt out. Right. My Both my parents were religious. Uh, my dad, not so much, but he still did the prayers and talked about the big guy upstairs and talked about sin and 
and and all that stuff. So everybody that I knew from the postman to the president was a Christian. And I didn't know there was an option not to be one or not to believe until I went to college and met my first atheist uh, and ended up falling in love with her and getting married <laughs> to her. Yeah. But we were together almost 20 years. Um, but no, it was, uh, to me, it was quite a liberating thing to find out it was an option not to be involved in, in religion. Mm. And I, I jumped on it to get out of that stuff. Mm. I was terrified. It's funny you say that. Yeah, I was scared too. It, I mean, who isn't? When you find, when they've been telling you all your life that you're going to burn or you know, the, that you don't have Sue these people for traumatizing me as a child and carrying anxiety into my adulthood. Well, I think that in any rational country, you might be able to do that, but not in America because of all the religious freedoms that we they enjoy here. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder, yeah, because I, I, I have a service dog. Um, she's really good at sniffing out uh, rodents. But uh, maybe I could uh, shift her to PTSD over religion, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Help me overcome my yeah. bad experiences. Yeah. Um, you've heard of the group... Uh, uh, recovering from religion. That's right. Recovering Freedom from religion is a church-state separation group. Uh, it's right. mostly mm -hmm. legal, um, legal front uh, for church-state. But recovering from religion has people really attending uh, the phone lines and and answering mm -hmm. questions online. They're a very good support group for people who are traumatized by religion and trying to get out of it. Yeah. And then there's the uh, clergy project as well. Right. Right. And that's, let's talk about that for a second. The sure. clergy project is for actual clergy members who no longer believe, mm -hmm. but they're tied to their job uh, through um, people knowing that they're preaching. Uh, they have they have no other jobs. If they came out to the family and friends, they'd probably lose those family and friends. Right. Uh, they're basically trapped in the pulpit. Um, but the uh, clergy project will take them into the project and tell teach them how to use the skills they already have to move to a secular uh, livelihood. Right. Like if you're a preacher, there's several things you can do right off the bat. You should be good at public speaking. You should be good at office management and personnel management um, and being able to maybe motivate people. There's several ways that you can move into secular. Yeah. It's um, about the transferability of skills, uh -huh. right? Yeah. Right. And uh, they have a capacity of helping up to 400 people at once, and they stay at capacity and have had for several years now. So anybody out there that's trapped in the pulpit, the Clergy Project, is, yeah. uh, and it's at clergyproject.org. Daughter 5 is interesting. You said that about um, as a kid, you'd, you'd much prefer not going to church. Right. I've mentioned before that I've got a neighbor a uh, friend of my daughter um, who turns 12 tomorrow, actually, and she, uh, my daughter turns 12 tomorrow, and her friend uh, continually asks her to join her at church. Um, right. And, you know, I've got these really, really strange and, and powerful emotions around all this. I, I still have a hard time articulating. And, uh -huh. and my wife, my wife, even though she's an atheist, is kind of like, eh, it doesn't bother me nearly as much as it bothers you. Um, yeah, well, how but, does your daughter feel about it? Well, she so she, she woke up this morning, and since her birthday is on a Monday, we went ahead and let her uh, open her present this morning. Um, and it's a hoverboard, you know, the little balance boards. She's been dying for one for years. And, uh -huh. uh, um, you know, we're just here. You get this really nice gift, and, and we're about to go take the dog for a walk and let her use it outside and follow us along. And uh, her friend came to the door. Hey, can you play? 
and we're going to go to church. Um, and then after church, we're going to go get Chipotle. Oh, <laughs> which okay. sounds like a bribe <laughs> to me, but, um, yeah. and just without hesitation, she's like, okay, see you guys. I'm going to go, I'm going to go to church with her. Yeah. And I guess she I can just, put up with anything for a good Chipotle, huh? <laughs> At least for I an guess, hour. And I'm not, are amazing. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure that uh, the Chipotle being on the table was even, even it. I, I just, I mean, be, playing with a friend, obviously she'd rather do that than to walk with mom and dad. But, but you know, this brand new hoverboard, she's super excited. We're about to go. Right. I just, I, and I know when she goes to this church, she's not going to church. She's playing. Um, you know, they've got a bouncy house and a this and that. So it's not, and I think they, they do some talking about religion, but not really. I just worry about how, I mean, because they are good at this. I mean, the, all the churches. Uh, the, mm-hmm. Oh, the churches, I see. Okay. Yeah, the, all churches, I mean, they've, they've evolved, right? Right. Practices oh, definitely. passed on things that work. They're, that they're improving, they're so, improving I mean, the, the carrot. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Refining their game, as it so were. I, yep. I, I worry a little bit about, I mean, she's a smart kid, and she's, she's 12, and she, she wears her flying spaghetti monster shirt. She she doesn't actually talk about religion around friends anymore because I've kind of cautioned her that she's going to get she needs to be careful because she's been picked on about it before and uh, you know, I told her you know, we live in the south basically so it, it's almost every one of her friends is religious um, I told her just be cautious that's that's not something you just bring up at the playground but um, so she's you know you can talk to her and she's very open and and very decided and and, and but. I don't know. I worry she's getting I'm just like picking away at her. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I didn't How would you to... react to that if she did come home one day and say, Daddy, check this out? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I worry that, I mean, they can they can compel her with some pretty scary things like, you know, they can. and hell. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's. You just got to so, give her the tools to deal with it. And I'm sure you are. Exactly. Yeah, I think the rational yeah. thought, you know, I think that teaching your children how to think, not what to think, is yeah. really the best you can do for them. Crit- uh-huh. Critical thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So, so not to not to bogart the conversation, but real quickly, can I ask you guys what you would think about what, how this would would feel? But so this nice nice girl that comes over and invites Vivian to to church, and her parents, I think they're pretty. Uh, I bet they're subtly interested in in getting one more kind of in the fold. They know I'm an atheist, and like maybe we can at least save Vivian. But okay, I don't know. That that may not be true, but I have a suspicion it is a little bit. So my question would be: um, Would it be similar? Would it be fair? And I'm not doing this, but I'm just curious: Would it be fair for me to have this nice girl come over to our summit one day and sit in on one of our kind of kid conversation summits where absolutely well yeah i I agree that it would be fair but uh you'd have to deal with the push possible pushback from her parents um because you you may be in they may see you as endangering her her eternal soul yeah well i'd want to do it with consultation with the parents for sure just say look hey we're putting on this thing and you mind blah 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 right right I, like I almost want to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Why not, right? Yeah. I, I almost want to do it in a sense like, um, hey, if you're going to continue to bring her to church, I would like to, you know, at least once a month have her come to, you know, a free thought 
event, yeah. you know, or, mm-hmm. or our, our summits. Uh, you know, I was trying to make a metaphor, no, an analogy, sorry. Sorry, English teachers from my past. I was trying to make the analogy of, like, what if, uh, if they were very, very religious, and I'm not sure what, how they feel on on uh, homosexuality, but what if I said, hey, I'd like to take your daughter to a gay pride parade? Like, I mean, would that be, would that be on similar footing? You know, like, can I, I just, I feel like what they're doing is they're indoctrinating. Yeah, and they're attempting to, whether they succeed or not. Yeah. And, and I would like to, uh, uh, educate yeah that might be a a good opportunity in asking the parents too is to actually uh, unpack where they're coming from um in inviting your daughter right so is it just a casual thing so that they can you know the kids can play together because they're friends or is it really uh, a a more overt attempt to um convert yeah maybe maybe i'm throwing them out yeah it also may bring this whole relationship thing to a head. Uh, I mean, where you may not need to or want to. Uh, I mean, if you're happy with the situation it is it is now, uh, and telling them that you want to invite her daughter to an atheist thing may make them pull her out of the relationship. So you need to consider the possibility of that anyway. Then your daughter would be mad at you for breaking up you know, her right. friend's friendship. Yeah, I, I do have to be careful. Her, her daughter also is possibly going to play on uh, my daughter's soccer team um, as well. So (laughs) (laughs) we just we really need a goalie, man. We need (laughs) priorities. Well, I don't really have that much of a problem with my. I have a four-year-old, and uh, I was at Boudreaux's the other day, and I saw a a stash of openly secular bracelets that are similar to the what would jesus do bracelets i don't know what those are called those types of bracelets but you know i think you know the ones i'm talking about and i snagged a couple and uh my son saw one of them and he wanted to wear it what did it say again openly secular no okay yeah so i was happy to hand it to him he liked the colors how old is he he's four he's gonna be five soon but okay. uh, he loved it. Has no idea what it means. He mm-hmm. he doesn't really know much about religion. We don't talk much about it. I will say there's something that I think is pretty funny. Uh, he watches YouTube videos on occasion where uh-huh. children or adults build uh, Legos and I uh-huh. think some toy unboxing stuff. You know, kids like that kind of stuff. And we let him watch a, a moderate amount of that of that for screen time. Uh, but I had I had I have caught. At the end of some of these videos, religious propaganda by the people that are making the videos. Really? Uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Be careful with your children, uh, you guys, if you're if you're listening, because th- there is quite a bit of that out there. At the end of the video, uh, songs about Jesus and uh, even some scripts about the Lord and things. So on occasion, I would come into the room like somebody sliding into home base you reaching for the pause button uh to try to turn it off because i don't want that kind of stuff sure in my home and uh he would ask me i've, I've done it a few times and he'd ask me what is that all about dad what are you doing you and uh i was like buddy we just don't we don't listen to that stuff when you hear when you hear a lot of stuff when you hear the word jesus a lot you need to come find mom or dad um, because it's not okay that uh, this kind of stuff is on 
the screen that yeah. you're watching. It's not okay. It's, ins- it's insidious, that's for sure. Right. right. So uh, the funny thing is maybe a year later, um, I hear it going on, and I'm like, buddy, turn that off. And he's okay, it's Jesus again. He knew. Uh, then then I asked him maybe a few months later who Jesus was because some my wife said something and I was like mm-hmm. I don't even know if Asher really understands what's going on here. I said, "Hey buddy, who is who is Jesus?" He said, "Jesus is that silly man that puts videos on the internet." <laughs> so <laughs> so that's who my kid thinks cool. Jesus cool. is. Yeah, but he's not. He goes to a um, he goes to a private school right now, and uh-huh. I I don't have him in public school. And public school here in Kentucky is probably similar to the public school in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. The majority yep. of the kids that they're going to run into are probably going to be Christian children. Yeah, um, and it, I don't think it's the case with the school that he's in right now. It's uh, it, it just I there there are too many different backgrounds I think for that to be the case. So. Yeah. I don't know that though, uh, because politely, well, I'm sure you'll run into it eventually, it. though. Yeah, yeah, you'll have it'll, you'll bump into it eventually. It's just that, that he needs to be prepared. I'm sure. Yeah, so I've asked Boudreaux a lot of advice about how to raise uh, children in a secular home when surrounded by uh, religious folk. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. We're down here at the bottom of the hour now. We're gonna. Uh, pause for station identification and maybe a tune and we'll be back in just a minute this is Dr. Five with WOZO Radio 103.9 LPFM right here in Knoxville on the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour Digital Free Thought Radio Hour Simply the best Welcome back. I'm Dr. Five, and this is the Digital Free Thought Radio Hour and WOZO Radio 103.9 LP FM right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, this is part two of our show. Today is Sunday, March, tw- March 1st, 2020, and we're going to talk about the free thought groups that you can join right here in Knoxville. First, there's the Atheist Society of Knoxville. ASK was founded in 2002, so we're in our 18th year. We now have over a thousand members, and you can find us online at KnoxvilleAtheist.org. Also, you can join ASK in person at our weekly meetup, which happens every Tuesday evening at Barley's Taproom and Pizzeria in Knoxville's Old City, where we get to sh- together for food, drink, and conversation. Everyone is welcome. That is, as long as you don't come to preach, proselytize, provoke, or punch. Thank you, Atheist experience. Uh, by the way, if you don't live in Knoxville, you could go to Meetup and start search for an atheist group in your town. If you don't find one, start one. Another large free-thinking group here in Knoxville are the Rationalists of East Tennessee. RET has been around for more than 20 years. They have bi-weekly presentations and discussions at the Pellissippi State Campus near Hardin Valley Road, Knoxville. If that's too much to remember, just go to rationalist.org and click on upcoming events. Um, our TV show we usually talk about on, on this show is uh, off the air. Uh, when I say it's off the air, it literally is off the uh, FCC airways. We uh, stopped doing them last week after, oh gosh, it's been 10 years now, and they will resurface shortly online as an internet version, so stay tuned to this program in future episodes, and we'll fill you in on how you can listen to them, watch them online. Uh, right now, you can find an archive of some of their shows on YouTube, where a fan has been recording and posting them. Just go to YouTube and search for three words, Free Thought Forum 
Knoxville. Uh, let's see. On the show with us today, we have um, myself, Daughter Five, we have Boudreaux, Chad the Impaler, and Dread Pirate Hicks. Hello, all. Uh, we were talking about how we uh, interact or approach uh, as atheists, uh, people at work, our family, how, whether we come out of the uh, closet, how we uh, um, deal with people who try to indoctrinate our children, etc., etc. It's kind of an interpersonal show. Uh, who'd like to pick up on that again? Uh, I can start off, I guess. Uh, I don't have any kids. <laughs> but... Um, and uh, I have not come out yet at work. Uh, I have never had a problem doing it at work, and I don't have a problem now. It's just an, it's a great working environment where nobody has brought up religion. And as soon as they bring it up and ask me any kind of question, I'll be honest with them. But I'm not going to start conversations about religion or non-religion or atheism at work. And I think that's the best path to take. What do you all think? Well, I've been a little more open at work and this is Boudreaux yeah Boudreaux here sorry Mm -hmm. um at work I've I I think I've I've been kind of closeted for the first half of my career particularly because a lot of my uh, senior management um are very very conservative and very very religious um but um I've I've been partially a little frightened of how it would have felt how it would have been to come out earlier because it may have affected my my advancement. Um, right. I think now uh, most people probably know there may be a handful of people that don't know per se, but it's it's on my Facebook page. You know, if you dig deep enough, you can find it in the in the about me section. And and I'm Facebook friends with most of most of my work folks. Um, uh, but I, I would say most of the younger people in my office all know um and uh, we kind of openly talk about it in, in the hallways at my office and i mean five or six or seven of the people in my office come to summit so um they 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 know way more about my thoughts on it than than most people but yeah. I, I that's just kind of my nature right. i've only been working where i have for the last three months and i've not gotten a friend request yet um i'm not for my my facebook page I kind of dread the time that that happens, but the thing about it is I'm an open, active atheist on my web page, and it's all public. I haven't hidden any of it, so all they have to do is look it up or look me up on, on Facebook, and they know where I'm at, and maybe that's why they haven't threatened me. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, that's something that I, Eric and I, or sorry, Boudreaux and I have talked about at uh, Summit is when you meet a religious person, and I think... Boudreaux and I are both a bit guilty about this. Someone who wears uh, some clothing that would indicate that they are religious or some jewelry. Jewelry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, like a T, like wearing that T around their little lowercase T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how do you feel about them? Because on occasion, I find myself thinking, irrational thinker. Uh, immediately. And this isn't something, you know, this is something that pops up from my subconscious mind. Right. Uh, and, and bubbles up, and I, I don't know if if that's very fair because that kind of shuts the door on some conversation and dialogue. Yeah. But I'm also quite happy that they advertise right. because it's mm-hmm. one less person that I have to uh, 
pretend with. You know, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't need, I, I know who they are. And uh-huh. I can make the judgment whether or not to invest much time in this person or to engage in any sort of uh, business or rational uh, relationship with that person. I, I don't That's know if it's right. fair. I struggle with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's a matter of wasted time, I think. Uh, they may be a good person. If they are a good person, they're going to talk to you about other things. They're not just going to come to you and dwell on religion. Um, I, when I see a T or something like that, I don't think a rational person right off. Um, because rational people have a way of compartmentalizing things. And they, they might very well be compartmentalizing that. But what I think is a possible victim, uh, and in, I know that they're indoctrinated to a certain extent, um, I... I Unless they're overt with it, then I really have more of a feeling of sorrow or uh, you know, pity for them because they they have really no choice. They they were indoctrinated into into it at a, such an early age, generally speaking, and had really no no protection against it. Right, and no one of us, one of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm hoping that I get there where you are pretty soon and, and i'm a bit disappointed in myself that i'm not there but yeah. i'm trying well, really hard well as soon as they, they start talking about it and being overt about it then I, they lose that sense i lose that sense of pity yeah. <laughs> you know then then it's a whole different ball game chad's right we, he and i have talked about this boudreaux here again um and i i see it the other direction too when i find out someone's an atheist i immediately go what group hug come on you know yeah, like the, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think that that's that, that makes sense. I mean, you yeah. like like minded people. There are plenty of asshole atheists that, that I don't want any, you know, business talk. I don't, you know, don't enjoy their right. t- yeah. time. But We're generally human. speaking, yeah, if someone uh-huh. checks the atheist box, um, I immediately have a kinship. And and I will admit I'm struggling with it, too, Chad. The second I see someone, you know, kind of lean over and that that T around their neck pops out and I just go, man, I was. I wanted to get our kids together and then maybe, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. game night with these people. And I, and I struggle, I have to admit, and, and it's exactly like, like we talked about earlier. I knew, I have good friends that have been friends for a long time. If I find out they're super religious later, that doesn't affect it at all. Like, uh, I've got a dear friend at work that's probably one of the most religious people I know. And he's one of the best, best guys I know. And, you know, love him to death. Um, I have no, I don't judge him based on that, but and we bring it's when I first meet. Yeah, he comes to comes mm-hmm. to every summer. Um, comes to summers. Uh, so yeah, I, I, any advice from you guys that help kind of navigate that? I'm I'm open to because I, I do feel guilty. That's how I judge mm-hmm. people. <clears throat> well, I think just empathy and compassion. You know, just give them uh, you know what they what they ask for pretty much uh, until such time as they start impinging on your freedom, your freedom of thought, and your freedom of action, then, you know, you just treat them like a human being. I, I don't really see a real problem unless they start trying to indoctrinate you or your children or your family. Mm-hmm. Like a neighbor friend of mine, um, Chad knows I have so many neighbor stories. Uh, a neighbor friend of mine uh, sidled, sidled up to me and my atheist friend neighbor at one point and we were talking about exercising and running and he's uh-huh. like, Oh, Hey, we do, um, we do this thing called the three F's. If you ever want to join us, it's, uh, fitness, faith, and 
something else, something else. Added. Real good. And something, yeah. Uh, failure, maybe. Um, but they but they would get together and they would set up a long run or some kind of an exercise and and but they would start it off with a prayer and and I I, I remember we didn't say anything right we were like no thanks we got our own thing but after walking away from him uh, my neighbor and I were like boy he just walked up to the two most unlikely <laughs> candidates uh, for yeah. the but to, I remember that join him yeah yeah I remember that it was just a, a check on a on a, another prejudice job box for me, you know, where I shoot. Now I, now I look at this guy in a new light, a different light. Which I feel bad. But you, you could have asked him. He said, uh, well, what time do you get together? And he'll say like 10 o'clock. You say, what time do you get through with the prayers? I can join you then. <laughs> yeah. Five point. minutes after. Okay. Yeah. I don't, when you guys I don't, actually uh, start doing stuff. Right. right. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's be honest here. I don't, I don't like the idea of them having performance altering. Uh, uh, they're not drugs. Performance yeah. altering uh, wishes. It may yeah, be supernatural yeah. advantage. That's, that's yeah. patently unfair. That's cheating. That's yeah. cheating. That reminds me of the joke about prayer for those that. Uh, what is it? It's prayer for those that care enough to do the very least. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I, love that. I hadn't heard that. <laughs> yeah, I heard that from Matt Dillahunty. I think. You know he. He taught my daughter a card trick. Oh, did he? Uh, what? Yeah, he's a magician. A magician. Yeah, yeah, he was a stage magician. Yeah. Uh-huh. Matt, Matt Dillahunty taught Vivian a card trick. Oh, a card did. trick. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. That's a good conversation starter. You never learn, yeah. guess where I learned this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, magic, magic usually comes from the other side uh, of the aisle, <laughs> at least uh, in regards to yeah. us, right? Claims of it anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's the difference between someone in religion and, and, and a magician is that the magician at least lets you know they're pulling the wool over your eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I always like to draw the comparison between uh, prayer and rich, witchcraft, uh, which is magic, of course. Mm, of course. Uh, is that you're asking, you're, you're using ritualized words and certain body positions to ask a supernatural being to you, do your bidding in this world. That is witchcraft. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's also prayer. Yeah, it's an interesting analogy there. I not thought of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did any of you guys uh, test the waters of like Wicca, anything like that? Some witchcraft. Oh, I, oh yeah, yeah. I used to be uh, after I, you know, stopped doing the Catholic Church thing. I was still interested in, uh, um, you know, just the idea that there was some supernatural aspect to the universe, and so I. I uh, involved myself in uh, what they call white magic or hermeticism for for a number of years um, until it just became <laughs> inevitably clear that uh, it just there's no such thing as magic. It's well, you didn't. You it didn't doesn't happen in the world. Demons or anything? Happen. What's that? You didn't summon any demons. <laughs> <I've> worked <laughs> at it. You didn't. Oh, what about rabbits? I just brought, I just got my own demons out, right? Yeah, yeah, I but no demons. Pretty interesting. What is it? The yeah. Buckland's Book of Witchcraft. It's kind of like yeah. a workbook <clears throat> you can go through. It's it's more. I think it's called like Gardnerian witchcraft or something mm-hmm. like that. That mm-hmm. path. Uh, yeah. I found it fascinating. I, I loved it. Got the book when I was a younger man and yeah. uh, thought it was really really fun and neat and a, a really cool way to interact with the world. I didn't really put any kind yeah. of supernatural weight to it. But I did mm. like the ritual 
because it's yeah. all ritual, you know. Well, well what about results? I mean, don't 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 the spells uh, call for particular results? Once you, uh, I mean, I've never gotten into this. I just always assumed that a book on witchcraft or a book on magic would give you spells and then tell you what to expect after the spell. Mm-hmm. I mean, do they not? I think. Well, in well, a lot of cases, was, they do. Yeah. I think the stuff that Sorry. I was reading probably uh, was more of an introduction, and there were some there were some things that you could do to try to conjure results. And it's it's kind of one of those uh, things where you see the results you want to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. and in that vein, does it work? You know, if you couldn't see it there before, and all of a sudden you see what you want to see, didn't it work? And that's what I thought was so interesting about it. It's very placebo-related or really right, attention-related. Right. Um, I see a lot of funny things that some of my friends don't see. I've trained my brain to see funny things, uh, funny little situations. I just I pay, oh, I pay okay. attention to the way people interact and, you know, just just weird, awkward, funny situations. I see you must love sitcoms. I, I do, if they're well-written. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I hate the ones that aren't well written. Right. So I, I wonder about that if that's if that's where some of that comes from. You know, you're kind of aligning yourself with, um, you're you're aligning yourself with your intention consciously. Of so course. You, you just yep. kind of see the results that you're hoping for after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's you know it's like the first time I bought a Jeep Cherokee. Um, I had never, you know, I thought, oh, geez, I haven't seen one of these before. You know, it's like, wow, this is kind of a cool looking vehicle. Uh-huh. And once I handed over the money for it and signed the papers, they were everywhere. Oh, they yeah. were everywhere. And it's just, uh, it's the availability uh, you know, bias, right? You know, yeah. now, now they, you're, you're just seeing this stuff everywhere, right? Yeah. But you just, or, or like a new word, when you learn a new word, all of a sudden you're hearing it everywhere. It's because you decided to learn the meaning of it. Sure. But I think, uh, you know, relating this to uh, what uh, Chatter Budra was saying is uh, is that, uh, of course, you you were just making your brain open to the very effect that you think you were inducing through whatever act you're performing, right? Yeah. Kind of like seeing uh, the horoscopes come true each day yeah. when you read it. Yeah. You, look, you look for it. You're tuning mm-hmm. for that effect. Mm-hmm. But I, like I said, I always thought that uh, magic spell books would have, you know, concrete things to expect that, you know, like uh, turn your dog into a cat, something like this. This is a spell to, you know, to get rid of uh, illness or something. And then if you if you do the spell and your person doesn't get me- uh, better, you would think, oh, this is bullshit. But or, excuse I, me. I was a BS. <laughs> gotcha, Larry. Yeah, post. I'll fix it in post. You know, I was a bit disappointed to find that the stuff that I was reading wasn't that. You know, I thought the same uh-huh. thing, that it would be that. And, and there may be some of that out there, you know, yeah. and it's just kind of like the, um, if you don't, if you're not in it long enough, you don't pay enough money, just like with mm-hmm. um, Scientologists. Yeah, right. You don't get that knowledge. Yeah. Uh, or maybe yeah. you didn't find the, the right little book shoppy right. to yeah. get the get magic well, book shoppy in the corner. And, and a lot of those things are geared towards, you know, effects that 
are very, very vague and general in nature. Wow. So yeah, to improve, purposely. you know, a spell to improve your well-being or to make people like you better, you know. Uh-huh. Um, Get a girlfriend. It's never, spells aren't there to transform your dog into a cat because yeah. clearly it doesn't work. It so why make a spell that, you know, is going to. Or make you invisible. Yeah. Or make you like invisible, that. exactly. You're, think you're think about up it. your confirmation bias. Is what you're yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's what you're appealing yeah. to. I mean, it's like that's tarot cards or horoscopes. It's all mm-hmm. so generalized yeah. advice or information that uh, it could be true for anyone. Right. I think it's similar to um, why uh, I've heard it said um, God only heals invisible sickness, wounds. invisible yeah. invisible wounds. Uh, right. So you can. Wounds. <laughs> yeah, you can pr- you can pray pray to God for someone you know to beat cancer or to to bounce back from this or that, but you you never pray to a God to have their amputated leg grow back. Absolutely, right? yeah. you don't I think mean, anybody's how, ever done that? I would well, think I'm they sure have. It just doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm sure, but but, but again, they come up with an excuse why it does right, right? Prosthetic yeah. leg appears, and there's proof. But I think it. I think it's it's part of that lying to yourself bit where like no one's going to kneel down and pray for something like the leg to grow back because that sounds preposterous. But it is possible for them to to fight out to to defeat, defeat the cancer or to or to wake up from the coma or something like that. So I'd be willing to bet if you if you had the database from Bruce Almighty. Uh, and you could you could categorize all the prayers coming in, and if you you sorted them into two categories, uh, you know the invisible wounds versus not. I bet it's predominantly. I think people are wishing for things that they know could actually happen without God. Uh, I'd yeah. be willing to bet that. Oh, sure, it would tip the scales a little bit for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Because yeah. you're not asking him. I mean, he's all powerful, but I mean, come on, let's not ask him to do. Anything <laughs> well, we know how mysterious he is, and we know he doesn't. He doesn't go around <laughs> doing that type of miracle any longer. So he's just not into that type of healing any longer. Yeah, um, I watch. Uh, I like Mayday. is a is a good favorite show of mine about you know airplane crashes and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And all the ones that, and it's just almost without uh, without exception. The ones where, you know, the pilots have successfully landed the plane that uh, was torn apart or engines right. failed or all the rest of it. You got all the passengers in there going, thank God, thank God. And I prayed, and I prayed. And, you know, here's the pirates who've, uh, you know, you know, put their skills, the skills absolutely, the absolute now. skills, you yeah. know, and it's just that uh, skills and training. Missed the, they missed the mark on who to thank. Right. Yeah. Well, I always right. wonder about where was God why didn't he fix the engine right. you know, or, or, yeah. or just maybe have a nice little updraft right before it crashed that, you know, yeah. that, that, I mean, we've, we've just witnessed the death of the Kobe Bryant and his daughter and the rest of the people that were on that aircraft. Why not lift the fog? Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, it's just yeah. ridiculous. And, and people want to say the Lord works in mysterious ways. Well, he, well, they're, yeah, sure. That's easy. They didn't explain anything right there. Yeah. <laughs> or they, they, they're the only one who survives a car crash or whatever. Six other right. people die. And yep. they say, well, God was saving me for special work. <laughs> you know, it's like, where was he for all the other people? Were they bad people? It gets into the old uh, blame the victim mentality of Christianity. Yeah. 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 I would uh, highly recommend, uh, we're, we're always recommending podcasts here, a point of, of inquiry. Uh-huh. Um, is a, a podcast uh, with the CFI group, and 
of the a very recent podcast is is a good god logically possible um fascinating right. have you heard that one mm-hmm. well i've heard the argument for sure yeah, yeah i haven't heard but the podcast the, but yeah this this professor really really breaks it down uh from like using uh the stuff from the book he just wrote on on the topic and and it's exactly that it's sort of you know it's it's gets into causation mm-hmm. uh, and 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 it's really fascinating but they, they bring up examples much like that you know what yeah. you know uh, christopher hitchens line uh, god's either impotent or evil right mm-hmm. he either isn't yeah. all all powerful or he doesn't give a shit or is a monster uh-oh that's better my love sorry god <laughs> i got it <laughs> boudreaux <Yeah>. second <laughs> That what second? Yeah, you had it. You had a, an a hole at forty and thirty-two. Ah, there you go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But no, we're talking about the riddle of Epicurus here. Uh, you know, he says God can be all powerful, uh, he can be all good, or he can be uh, what omniscient, know everything. Mm-hmm. But he can't be all three. Right. He can be omnipotent and omniscient. But if evil lives in the world, then he's not omnibenevolent. Benevolent, he's not all good. And you can have two out of three, but you can't have three. Yeah. And that's where you know the God of the Bible falls down because you know they claim that he's all three. So maybe that's it should be called the God paradox. Yeah. That yeah. those three conditions can't mutually yeah. exist. Yeah. Well, it always makes me think about people and how they surrender so much of their. Uh, even though I don't necessarily believe in free will, uh, their agency. When mm-hmm. when you when you give that much away, um, you really are hamstringing yourself. I, I I I read something. I'm not sure if it was Marcus Aurelius, but it it may have been. I've been studying some Stoic stuff lately. So rather than things happening to you, they happen for you. And just oh, really? reframing things like that. Uh, you don't need God to do that, but it does kind of invoke something like a God. Um, but can't you also say that and just for the sake of, of your own personal growth, reframe it in that in that manner? And you can. It, it, it empowers you rather yeah, than but you, creates you know, you're a victim. Right. You don't need religion for that. You can say, you know, uh, when... That you have an opportunity where instead of a, a problem, you know, what is it? The word in uh, Japanese for crisis also means opportunity. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, it's just a way to look at it, and you don't need religion for that. Right. We're getting at the top of the hour here. We've got just a few minutes left. I'm going to give uh, everyone a chance to mention if they have anything on the web or anything that uh, they'd like to plug uh the first question i'd like to ask though i mean just real quick is you mentioned summit through here uh, quite a few times would, would someone like to tell us what the summit is Cricket. Cricket. <laughs> <laughs> well you know timing is everything with comedy you want me to go somebody in. has to know they mentioned it uh, why don't you why don't you do it chad i've, I've done it several times okay. here it's uh, get your perspective all right um this is something that, that we started, uh, Boudreaux and I started okay. almost five years ago now. I think we're approaching yeah. the five-year mark where we wanted to create a group of, uh, I, I guess at, at the beginning we were calling it the, the Religion Summit. We wanted to talk about how secular people uh, were 
navigating these waters and we've done it almost every month for roughly five years wow. and and we we we've all we've done every one of them at with the exception of one at Boudreaux's house. Uh, he's got okay. a large enough basement and a really nice sectional sofa where we, we can all rely on it and chit-chat for about four or five hours. Wow. Does anybody, do you have a online presence for this? We don't. Uh, and hmm. there's a reason we, we still haven't, we still haven't decided to go public, so to speak with this thing. And we don't okay. record it as a podcast. We've talked about it, but, but okay. what we try to do and what it's turned into is a place for uh, people like us, mm-hmm. um, as well as some some Christian folk. We've got, I think, uh, Boudreaux was talking about the guy that comes regularly, pretty regularly. He's, he's a born-again Christian. Uh, he comes to many. He's probably been to 75% of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, good friend of the group. And we really just provide a place for people to sit down and talk about this and to think out loud. Mm-hmm. We don't want to. We're trying to create a place of non-judgment, so you can okay. come here, oh, cool. disconnect will you, from work, and yeah. speak, and we will not judge you. You can. You can. Well, do you think this own. might be a good topic for future shows on one of our shows to be able to talk about it, or is it still kind of private? Uh. Well, we haven't really talked about where we're going to take it. I, I, I don't know. I guess we probably have to talk about that because right now it okay. almost it feels kind of like a support group. We joke that it's not, uh, but it, it kind of <laughs> seems like it's turning into that. And it's probably my fault. Um, I, 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 I go when, when I'm at Summit, I open up completely and just let it all uh, pour sure. out of my mouth. And mistakes are made in speech and... On, the, on occasion, terrible ideas come out, and then they get vetted amongst the group members. Um, okay. And that's one of the reasons that we haven't gone public with it. We have some people that are part of uh, local Jewish communities that come, and if we're worried that if we do go public, we take away the um, the safe space for people to come and sure and just rattle off baloney yeah. on occasion. Yeah. You know? Okay. Well, I was really wanting to let people know about the online presences. Uh, we'll have to return to this. We're running out of time. Oh boy, sorry Anybody else that. want to? Uh, um, well, just quickly. Their, their um, yeah, just quickly. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel called Mind Pirate where I do one-on-one SE stuff. And uh, myself and a good friend of mine, we're just working on a live streaming show uh, that we're hoping to do bi-weekly or monthly. Um, that will be coming up here next month. Okay, well, cool. And they can find you at what? Don't know yet, but uh, I will keep everyone tuned in. Okay. Uh, well, this is Digital Freethought Radio Hour, and you can find us at digitalfreethought.com, where we have uh, regular contact articles, uh, atheist music, and this podcast, this radio show. So go to digitalfreethought.com and click on blog. If you have any questions for this show, you can send them to atheist. Ask an Atheist at KnoxvilleAtheist.org. And if you'd listen to, like to listen to prior shows, go to DigitalFreeThought.com, or also you can go to iTunes, Stitcher, Luminary, iHeart, or Podcast.com. Uh, somebody out there believes that you're going to their hell, so don't worry about uh, the afterlife. Matter of fact, um, 
all the world's religions, everybody is going to somebody else's hell. The time to worry about is when they prove that heavens, hells, and souls are real. Until then, don't sweat it. Enjoy your life. Say bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. See you guys. Good call, everyone. All right. See you. Game over. You've been listening to Digital Free Thought Radio Hour. Simply the best. WOZOLP 103.9 FM, Knoxville.